Good morning, everyone. Good morning. A little, a little change in pace today. Uh, as I have been blessed to be up here, uh, I think this is my thrice, this is my third time to be blessed up here. I want to change it up a little bit. And I want us to be fed with nice, juicy, succulent steak this morning. You know, uh, Christina and I just spoke earlier today uh, talking about steak and such. And I'm like, man, I, I want some steak. But I realized today the Lord will be feeding us with steak. Today is going to be meat and a lot of meat today. So please prepare yourselves. Get ready. Uh, sit up. It's going to be he- a heavy dose of meat. And by meat, you know what I mean. It's going to be heavy in dose in the word of God. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, oh, help me, oh, God. And help us, the congregation, to receive your word, to receive your meat. And we only ask of all these things. For, Lord, I do not testify of myself, but the Holy Spirit testifies of you that abideth in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today is going to be a lot of meat as we just have read the text in 2 Timothy chapter 7, I mean 1, 1 through 14. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. As Carl has just read, you know, the great apostle at this time was giving his encouragement and exhortation to the young pastor Timothy in his last letter. I believe before he was beheaded by Nero, probably about 66 AD. See, he was aware that Timothy was a timid person and not quite aggressive enough, not quite aggressive and outspoken in his personality. You see, we need to be outspoken and zealous for our Lord as his witnesses because he was zealous enough to love us by dying and shedding his precious blood on that shameful death on the cross of Calvary. You know, many times in our life, we kind of hold back a little bit on sharing and proclaiming the gospel of the Lord because we are afraid of persecution. We're afraid if I say this, he or she might not be my friend any longer. There is persecution. When you are a true believer of Jesus Christ, there will be persecution. You will be persecuted. Let me give you an example. I'm a Vikings fan in Philly Nation. Go Vikings. Many of you Philly fans, Philadelphia Eagles fans, you're going to say, boo, Vikings, Vikings, boo, whatever it is. But just imagine The reality of it, when you say, I am a true believer of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I, my friend, love you so much, I love you, I don't want you to go to hell. So in truth, my friend, you must repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Before Jesus Christ, before he started his ministry in Mark chapter 1, those were the very words that he said, repent ye. And we just studied that. In, uh, with, uh, with the kids in, uh, this, past, uh, this past Friday. It's just this past Friday. In Hebrews 12, 2 to 3, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary, wearied and faint in your minds. You see, the great apostle Paul wanted and desired young Timothy's heart to be stirred spiritually in the service of the Lord. My friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, are we zealous of who our Savior is? 
Are we zealous? Are we not ashamed? That's what Paul wanted and desired for Timothy. In 2 Timothy 1.6, he said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by putting of my hands. I would challenge us, brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ, in being a genuine witness of the Lord in these latter days because it is needful to all of us, especially, it is needful for all of us, especially in these days of apostasy. I, I got to tell you, you know, the enemy is very wise, right? According to the scriptures, he's like a roaring lion looking to devour any of us when we are not ready. You know, the devil softens us up in many, many forms. And I mentioned to the kids on Friday, one of them is music. All right, one of them is the feel-good gospel. Everything is okay. Everything is good. Love, love, love. Love you. I love you. There's no longer rebuke. There's no longer that piercing sword that will, that will pierce to bone and marrow and hits us in the heart and to be convicted. The challenge today is I'm not here to entertain you. I, I know you guys know that. I want to convict us, however. These days are no easy days of our faith. The abounding of false teacher teachings and teachers today will make us uneasy to be complacent and not caring of this needful concern. And hear me out on this. To fight the good fight of faith. There is a fight. There is a fight. We need courage to fight like a good soldier of the Lord against the enemies, against the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1-3. Thou therefore, my son, be strong. He said, be strong. Don't be timid. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, in the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore, and listen to this, if you have your Bible, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I'd like to discuss sevenfold reasons why it is not only shameful, but it's also sinful not to be the Lord's witness. One, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And uh, you might want to exercise your, your fingers today because we're going to be thumbing through a lot of verses. Number one, it is sheer, hear me out, it is sheer cowardice and cowardly not to witness or be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. 2 Timothy 1.7. Don't you know God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, fear paralyzes us to be the Lord's witness. Humanly speaking, we do not want to embroil ourselves with conflicts or controversy because of fear out of self-preservation and of peace. Uh, many of us here have are confident in certain things, and I always joke around with Liz. I said, look, as much as we're trained to fight, with, um, to fight in arms as in, as, in, as in projectile weapons, I, st I just still don't want don't to go against another man who, is, who has a weapon of his own. Yes, we're highly trained in the United States Army, and yes, we will defeat the enemy of our freedom and, for, and, and against our nation. However, still... There is still that feeling of self-preservation. You see, when we witness to people about the Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, there is still that instinct in us and say, man, i got to be careful in what I'm saying because I might, quote-unquote, offend him or I might get him angry at me. You see, 
Peter experienced this paralyzing fear when he, did, he denied the Lord Jesus Christ thrice. To, he, to read his story, Matthew 26, 69, 74. Number one, he said this, I know not what thou sayest. I do not know the man. And on the third one, he says, I, I know not the man. After he said the third one, he cursed and swore. But we remember what the Lord says in Matthew 10, 26 to 36, and we'll break it down verse by verse here. Three times the Lord said in, in Matthew 26, in, in verse 26, three times the Lord said, fear them not. In 28, fear not them. In verse 31, ye not, fear ye not therefore. And the Lord says, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. 32 to 33. Controversy will always be a part of being a true witness of the Master. In verse 34, this is what Jesus said. Listen to this. Listen to this. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I, I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. You know, the book of Acts, if we ever read the book of Acts, it reveals to us the controversy that was noted on the part of the early believers, witness of the risen Christ. So guys, there's controversy when we're proclaiming the true gospel. All right? Continuing. As the writer of Hebrew challenges the believers under persecution, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate, let us go therefore unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. You know, it is a shame and cowardly, because God has given us his power to be his witness. Who is the witness that is within you today if you truly have the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Who is that witness? You guys know? It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness not of us, but of Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8 and Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in, in us. It is the Holy Spirit's power within you to give you that courage to testify of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dan said this morning, do you get nervous when you're up there? You said, if I perform, I said, Dan, if I perform, if I'm in a performance, I'd probably be a little nervous. But I'm not nervous when I'm proclaiming the true gospel of the Lord because it is not my power that is within me. But it is the Holy Spirit's power speaking through me. Again, he does not testify of me. I don't testify of Irvin. But the Holy Spirit testifies of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a shame not to witness for the Lord because you know what he did? He died out of his love for us. Romans 5.8. But God commandeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us, died for you, died for me. It is a shame not to witness for the Lord, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Christ knew no sin, that he might be the righteous of, righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 
Another reason, don't you know, it is an outright, outright denial of God's power within us, of his love and of his wisdom given to his people. 2 Timothy 1.7, as you have just read, you can see it back there if you, want, if you want to read it. To claim that we are true believers and fail to witness for the Lord. Let me say that again. To claim if we are true believers today. If you say, I am a true believer of Jesus Christ, I am a true believer of Jesus Christ and fail to witness for the Lord is just saying that we do not, we do not trust the power of the Holy Spirit. It means also that we ignore the power of God in our lives. Again, it is not in our own power. Right, Pastor Ben? It's not in our power, but God in our lives. It also conveys our lack of acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit that we are adopted children of God. If you are a true believer, uh-oh, that's the battery. I'm still on? Good? Nevertheless, even if that goes off, I mean, you can hear my voice. I'm a very loud guy, so continuing on. If you are a true believer today, if we don't witness for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are lacking the acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's power within us. If one does not witness as a witness, remember, hear me out. If you are a witness to something, what does a witness must do? You must report, right? If you are a witness and cease, see, if you see something, you ought to be reporting it. So hear, hear me out. If one does not witness for Christ, if you don't report Christ to others around you, this goes without saying that we have not experienced the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given in us. If you have the hope of Christ in you, you will not be ashamed because God's love will come forth. If one does not witness for Christ, it means we are not wise to obey his command. Who wrote? Who was the wisest person that ever lived? You guys know that, right? He wrote Proverbs. There we go. In Proverbs 11.30, Solomon says, He that winneth soul is wise. If you are willing to win souls for Christ, you are a wise man. Number three, it betrays our true commitment to be a genuine follower of the Lord in the midst of afflictions for the sake of the gospel. 2 Timothy 1.8. Don't you know you will be afflicted? Right? If you are here on earth, there's going to be affliction in us, within us, around us. Our commitment to witness for Christ goes back to the commitment to the Lord in his challenge for us. If we are a true believer, this is what he said. He, this is what his challenge is. In Matthew 4.19, if you are a true believer of Jesus Christ today, Matthew 4.19 states, follow me. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Christ said this. Follow me. Our commitment to believe in the Lord means also our commitment and this is not a word that anyone would want to hear, our commitment to suffer for his sake. Philippians 1.29. For unto you it is given in behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. 
you know, we have it too good here in the United States of America. I'm so blessed to be here, and I'm sure you guys are so blessed to be here. But in other parts of the world, including China, Missy, including China, there are underground churches, right? Underground churches for the gospel of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We too must suffer for his sake because Christ suffered for us. Christ suffered for you and me. If we want to follow him, we must know that there is suffering on our behalf as well. Apostle Paul's witness for Christ was an evident example of being committed to the Lord when he wrote in Philippians 1, 12-13. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out, out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. You know, Paul suffered for being a witness of Jesus Christ, right? Three shipwrecks. He was jailed. He was beaten. He suffered for what? The furtherance of the gospel. So, listen, Philippians 1, 12, 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palaces and in all other places and many of the brethren of the Lord, including us, waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul went through it, and he said, look, it's as long as it's for the furtherance of the gospel, and you know what, even if he's one of the people to suffer before all of us, that's all good, because it's for the furtherance of the gospel. Four, don't you know? It is a lack of gratitude and ignorance of the importance and magnitude of our salvation. 2 Timothy 1.9, read above me. Who hath saved you? Christ has, right? It is the acme of ingratitude of our salvation if we who claim to be his disciples failed him by our unwillingness and lack of zeal to be his witnesses. It is indeed ingratitude for the following reasons. The Lord has saved us by working in our lives for our redemption and deliverance from the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 10 to 13. For as many are of the works of the law are under the curse of the law. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Christ hath redeemed who? Us. From the curse of the law being made a curse for us. Christ became a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Christ bore our curse. Our salvation must move us to be his witness. Because he brought peace in our lives being reconciled to God. Our salvation must move us. Ephesians 2, 13-16. But now Christ... In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us and who? God the Father, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. He broke that wall between us and God the Father, that wall. He did it for us. Our salvation speaks of our names being written in the book of life. 
guaranteeing and preserving our souls from eternal damnation. If you have confessed, if we had confessed our sins and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I am a sinner. I am not worthy, Lord, but I believe what you have done. You, were, you died, you were buried, and you were resurrected. I believe and I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. I allow you to be my Lord. Your names will be written in the book of life. You will be preserved from eternal damnation. Amen. Luke 10, 20. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. If you're a true believer, your names are written in heaven. No man can take you away. Neither height nor, nor depth, nothing can separate you from the love of God, right? Our salvation is our eternal, let me say that again, eternal redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ who suffered for us on that shameful death on Calvary's cross. Hebrews uh, third, uh, 13, 20 to 21. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews 2, 9, 10. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death. Christ tasted death for every man. For it became him from whom are all things, and by whom all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Jesus Christ is our captain. Five, it is a lack of understanding of the nature of the holy calling, God in our lives as his holy witness. 2 Timothy 1.9. We are emboldened really to be the Lord's witnesses if we understand our holy calling from God in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you truly understand your Savior, you will be emboldened by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that he should be holy and without blame before him in love. You know, Paul's passion was to be the Lord's witness even unto his very last moments in his life. You can read about his story in, in Acts 26, 13 through 29. So when you get home, a little homework. If you guys don't mind, read a little story of the Apostle Paul and the kind of sufferings that he went through. Are you guys receiving the steak today? I kind of like mine, medium, medium rare. You know? But I'm loving the steak that I'm hearing today. Our holy calling is to be the Lord's witness in this dark world. We just read that last week. Remember Paul's sermon. You are the salt of the earth. Earth, You are the light. You are a city on the hill that cannot be hidden. Six. It is not holding fast the sound words and commands of the Lord. 2 Timothy 1.13. Not to witness for Christ is showing ourselves that we are not holding fast the sound words and commands of the Lord. It is actually plain disobedience, don't you guys think, to the master's words? This is what the Lord said in Matthew 18, 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever, whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Luke 24, 46 through 49. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And hear this, verse 47. And that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Repentance, remission of what? Sin. Should be preached. Guys, the enemy neuters us by sometimes saying, don't worry about it. God is love. Forget about your sins. Don't worry about it. Let's let's sweep it under the floor. Don't worry. Shh, shh, shh. It's okay. The enemy does this to neuter us. There has to be a repentance, and we have to know that the only remission of our sins, right, it's through Jesus Christ. And guess what? It has to be preached. It has to be preached. What is the name of preaching? What is the definition of preaching anyway? Right? You got you to, words got to come out, right? Words got to come out. It's got to be preached. And you are witnesses of these things in verse 48 and verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with the power from on high. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth. Believeth, remember, believeth first. Believeth on Jesus Christ. He's in remission of our sins, repentance of our sins. Believeth and then is baptized. Remember, baptism does not save you. Baptism, all right, is an external, external sign that we are now fellow believers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right, okay? He that believeth first and is baptized shall be what? Saved. Shall be saved, but he that believeth shall believeth not shall be damned. Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, maybe our homes, right? And in all Judea, maybe our workplace, and in Samaria, everywhere else we go, maybe our local area, maybe international, right? And in Samaria, and unto uttermost part of the earth not to witness for christ is showing our unloving attitudes towards the lord john 14 23 24 john 14 23 uh, 30, uh, 24 jesus answered and said unto him if a man love me he will keep my words if you love the lord if i love the lord if urban loves the word lord i will keep his words and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. Verse 24, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. You want to eliminate some of the fear when we witness out to people around us who the Lord Jesus Christ is? If you want to eliminate that, verse 24, let me read it again. Even Jesus Christ said, right? The words which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me, Christ. 
You that hear the words that are coming out of my mouth right now, it is not of my words, but of the Holy Spirit, which testifies in Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Remember that. When you witness, it is not of you, not of your own power. No machinations, no grade of speaking. Doesn't matter if you have to perform or not. It is not you, but the witness is the Holy Spirit abiding in me who will testify of Jesus Christ. Not to witness for Christ is just unchristlike, even as Christ witnessed unto the Father while he was on earth. John 5, 30 to 31. I can of, no, I can of mine own self do nothing. Did you hear that? I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Don't you know there is righteous judgment? Don't you know in Corinthians, you too one day will be judging the world with the Lord? There is a righteous judgment and that the Lord's judgment is just because the Lord does not seek of his own will, he says, but the will of the Father which hath sent me, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Did you guys hear that? When you go out and preach the gospel, when you preach the individual, you are preaching of Jesus, not of you. Because if it is of you, guess what? That witness is false. It's not true according to the scriptures. Seven. It is shameful to the Holy Spirit not to be courageous, to bear reproach and suffering for Christ, 2 Timothy 14 through 18. We stopped at 14. Let me continue. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, uh, from me of whom are Figelis and Hermogenes. The Lord give me mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may, be, he may find mercy of the Lord in that day and in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, then thou knowest very well. Our salvation is absolutely kept and guarded by who? The Holy Spirit who dwells in us. It is in the person of the Holy Spirit that we are compelled to, to, testify, to testify of our Lord Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit's ministry, and we just said this, is to testify of our Lord and exalting his name. John 15, 26, 27. But when the Comforter is come, who is the Comforter, guys? The Holy Spirit, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye shall all bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. John 16, 13 through 14. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you, he will guide you. Who will guide you? Who will guide you? The Holy Spirit. Guide you unto all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit will give you the power, right? The power to be the witnesses of our Lord. And if we are not doing it, we are not yielding in obedience to the Spirit of the Lord. It is shameful on our part not to do the will of the Spirit. The book of Acts chronicled us, chronicled the many sufferings of the early Christians. Go, I challenge you, after today, 
another homework. Go read about the early Christian life, the early Christians in the book of Acts. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit, and they filled Jerusalem with the doctrine of the death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 5, 40 to 42. And unto him they agreed, and when they had called the apostle and beaten them, the apostles and the early church believers were beaten. They commanded that they should not speak. They commanded them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then they departed from the presence of the council. Hear this. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer, to suffer for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach, the, to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Acts 5, 28-32, saying, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? They were told, Don't teach in his name. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intended to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. My challenge for all of us today is that we ought to be bold and courageous because it is not of our own power. It is of the power of the Holy Spirit. In conclusion, the fruit of being a witness is the winning of souls. It may be not at all times, right? But there will be a harvest of souls as a result of our witness in Matthew 9, 37, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are, laborers are few. People that are sitting right now in the congregation, do you welcome to be a laborer of the, Lord and, of the Lord Savior Jesus Christ? Let me quote this to you, and it is an exhortation of a soul winner in the Lord. Christian, if you do, if you do not win souls, you are not right with God. You may be saved, but you are not a good disciple. You may be born again into God's family, but you are a poor, disobedient, willful child. If you are, a, if you are God's child, then you are being a disobedient one. If you are God's servant, then you are an unfaithful one. If you follow the Savior at all, then we are afar off. You want to make an impact in this world. You need to pre preach and witness of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the last story is this. Many years ago with my pastor and, and our old youth group in Jersey City, New Jersey, we were out in uh, a very popular area in uh, Jersey City where there was a bunch of Filipinos, my own, my own people, walking back and forth, going to uh, buy food and so forth and so on. We were handing out gospel tracts, walking up and down, asking people, do you want to get to know the God of the Bible? Do you want to get to know who this Jesus is? Some said, no, I'm good. Some received it and said, I'll read this when I get home. Some even say, I haven't sinned. That's a shame. But this one particular day, a family came out. It was a mom, probably around her, um, I think, early or mid-30s. A father, maybe around late, late, late 30s as well, with, a, with their 10-year-old daughter and probably a 7- or 8-year-old son. 
They were coming out. We smiled at them. We handed them a, a gospel tract. We opened it up Says, would you like to read with us how it is to become, right, to be one of Jesus Christ's adopted child? He says, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. So we, so we went around the corner, and there's, li- there's this little nook, right, so we can, like, allow people to walk in and out of the door, right? So we don't want to block that. So we were, we were showing them, you know, you, you need to repent of your sins, okay, because Christ does not like sin, and he hates it, right? That's why he died for us, for you and me, right? And if you believe what Christ has done on the cross, if you believe that he died, buried and resurrected for you and me. If you want him to be your personal savior, receive him in your heart right now. Let's go ahead and pray. So we prayed, we prayed, we prayed with this family. And after we prayed, you can hear the wife, like she was shedding, shedding, shedding tears. She was crying. She was crying. It's like, is there something wrong? Did we say something? And she said, I have been praying for my husband's salvation for 10 years now. If you want to make an impact, be a witness, be bold, be courageous, and bring many, many other people with you to heaven. Let's bow our heads and pray.